This is a podcast by The Straits Times. The Spice Girls made girl power a popular term in the 1990s and almost 20 years later, the slogan seems as relevant as ever after the very vocal United States team lifted the Women's World Cup in France on Sunday. Hello everyone and welcome to A Game of Two Halves, The Straits Times weekly sports podcast that is out every Tuesday. I'm ST Sports Correspondent Sazali Abdulaziz and today I'm aptly joined by my sports desk colleagues Nicole Chia and Kimberly Quack. Hello. Hi. So already I feel like I've talked too much given that this podcast is supposed to talk about women and sports. So I'll throw it over to you guys. Nick, Kim, what was the standout moment or image for you from the past World Cup? For me, it was Brazil's Marta. She gave a very inspirational speech after her team was knocked out of the World Cup by France in the round of 16. So Marta has been around for quite a while, uh, yeah. so since 2002. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the amount of passion and emotions that she showed in that speech was, I think it really showed how much this meant to her and how much she wants the game to grow and how much she wants to inspire the next generation. Even for myself, I don't play football, but when I heard that, I kind of just wanted to pick up my football boots and just go <laughs> and, and just kick yeah, around. Yeah. 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 For Nick, what was the moment for you? Um, for mine, it was Alex Morgan's tea sipping celebration just yep. because it was really funny and because she also got so much criticism for it. Yeah, it I, turns out that it didn't even mean what the critics were saying. I don't know. Like, it might have been a jibe and then she wanted to cover it. But for me, I, I'm in agreement with you. I loved it. I loved the fact that it created controversy. It drew a lot of comments and stuff like that. But yeah, I thought it was all in good fun. But, you know, anyway, Alex Morgan and her US teammates are known for, you know, not holding back their opinions and, you know, being a bit controversial here and there. Something that's pretty refreshing in sport, not just in football. Megan Rapinoe has sort of become the face of the team, talking about her disdain for US President Donald Trump and also calling for equal pay. What are your takes on this? I think it's great that we have such a vocal group of players at the moment because I think it's important that these issues are brought out and people know about it. So this is not the first time that the US women's team are fighting for more equal pay and equal treatment because back in 2016, they also filed a complaint and there was some sort of resolution there because the US soccer, which is a sports governing body, actually did increase their base pay, you know, increase some bonuses and things like that. So I know that even though sometimes people argue that the women's sport doesn't bring in as much viewership, as much sponsorship and things like that. But even so, the disparity is pretty huge. And I think these people, are they do put in equal amounts of effort and they should be recognised in some sense. Oh, yeah, I agree with Kim in that it's great that we have vocal figures speaking out for equal pay. But at the same time, I also think it's really sad that equal pay is still something that women in sport have to fight so hard for these days. And honestly, it's something that I'm really tired of talking about because last year on International Women's Day, Billie Jean King was asked at a public event, do you think it's fair that women tennis players get paid the same amount as men even though they only play three sets? And of course, the first thing that Billie Jean King did was to correct this person by saying they only play three sets and the men only play five sets at Grand Slams. And so afterwards, when I asked Billie Jean King, you know, you're someone who has been campaigning for equality nearly entire all career. Her life, yeah, yeah. All so, career, so yeah. how do you feel when it's 2018 International Women's Day and you're still getting questions like this? And she gave me the perfect answer. She said, well, whenever I hear every single question, I just pretend it's the first time I'm hearing that question and it's a great one. <laughs> That's a way to deal with irritating questions that you've heard for 40 years uh, probably. Yep. Uh. But I, I have to confess, I didn't really follow the Women's World Cup that closely. I watched highlights here and there. But the takeaway for me is that the video assistant referee or VAR system has proved quite uh, polarising. And with VAR set to be introduced in the English Premier League, the world's most popular football league in the new season starting August, I just wonder if it's a prelude of even more controversies to come. Uh, Kim, you watched the women's tournament quite closely. You know, what, what, what do you think about this? 
I don't think VAR is bad. I think it has shown that it can help the game in some sort, in prevent some very, yeah, yeah, it yeah, gives yeah. clarity. But I think what happened in this Women's World Cup was that there were a lot of controversial calls made by the referees themselves, mm. not so much the VAR. When the referees consulted the VAR and then they made the decisions which were, you know, they gave away some very controversial penalties yeah. which altered some of the games pretty significantly. So, yeah, I don't think it's so much the matter of VAR but rather, you know, how the referees use VAR to help them. So at the end of the day, it boils down to human error. Yeah, which again, was something yeah. they tried to avoid <laughs> with VAR. Yeah. If you're enjoying this episode of A Game of Two Halves so far, do subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like it and give us a rating. Now we move on to the second half of our show. Okay, so last week, the biggest sports-related news in Singapore by far was Cristiano Ronaldo stopping over for a couple of days and visiting a couple of primary schools in the East, uh, one of which was my old school, Chongcheng. Chongcheng represent. Good for uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> he was here at the invitation of Singapore billionaire Peter Lim, who pledged $30 million in support of young athletes and also a community project for children from the underprivileged backgrounds. So, good on you, Mr. Lim. But it was quite amazing to see the adulation Ronaldo received from the school kids as well as from, you know, your regular folk on the street when he visited our Tampines Hub also. And, you know, in light of women's football being in the forefront of the sport this past weekend, I was just wondering to myself, will we one day see a female athlete become such a big international superstar like Ronaldo that she will visit Singapore and be mobbed, you know, like Ronaldo did? Well, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it could happen? I mean... (sighs) I think it could happen. Okay, so the second scorer in this morning's final, Rose Lavelle, she was nine and a half when she remembers the team of 99, you know, winning the World Cup. And now she's actually making her own World Cup history. So I think and I hope that something like that happens soon. It's quite insane. I have, you know, when I was in school, I had a Mia Hamm soccer ball, a small size soccer ball. I don't even know how I got it. I think it's a friend's one, but you know, it just goes to show how much impact the 99 team had, not just in the US, but all over the world. But what do you think it will take for such a thing to happen where we get a, a sports superstar who is female, who is recognised all over the world? We, I think the closest I got to see this in Singapore was when the WTA finals uh, was here and we had the likes of Serena Williams who was pretty much at the top of her game and also Maria Sharapova in town and they were at the Marina Bay Sands, you know, for the pre-tournament draw and stuff like that and you know, people squeezed like mad just to see them in their cocktail dresses yeah. and stuff like that they look so glamorous yeah that was the closest I saw but still you know it's different when you compare it to you know like if Ronaldo or Messi or whoever Manchester United come to town so what do you think is needed well I think going by the vein of recent sporting events happening being the Women's World Cup and Wimbledon one thing that I see the stars that these two tournaments have in common is that they are very unabashed and uninhibited in expressing themselves. So take a look at the US women's soccer team. You know, Megan Rapinoe mm. is iconic. And, you know, at Wimbledon, the breakout star is Corey Coco Golf. And, you know, she's also been unafraid to share her thoughts and express herself. And she has said that, I feel I can be anyone across the net now. I think that's very refreshing to hear from a youngster. She's... So- 15? She's 15, yes, the youngest Wimbledon qualifier. That's so I, I think for me, it looks like, of course, you know, you have to be a star, you have to perform, you have to deliver results, but more importantly, you cannot be afraid to express yourself. Yeah, and, and you know, just like you mentioned, Megan and the US team, and this is a point made by ST's assistant sports editor, Rohit Brishnath, in his column in Tuesday's paper. Do grab a copy or look it up online at least. 
uh, who says that athletes have to be free to express themselves. I think he's talking about it in a local context as well. But then again, we have to be able to deal with the attention that comes with speaking your mind and you know sharing your opinion so publicly, right? Yes, of course. The more you talk, the more you perform, the more scrutiny you'll be under. You know, I mean, look at Naomi Osaka. She was so young when she won the US Open. She's still young, actually. What am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, she is still really young. <laughs> yeah, and, and now, you know, everyone knows who Corey Golf is. I mean, Michelle Obama tweeted her. Her idol, Jaden Smith, tweeted her. And she's, you know, so I'm afraid that she's going to become overhyped and that she will just crumble under all the scrutiny. But so far, it looks like she's nowhere near that yet. She looks like she's just enjoying being on the big stage. And fun fact, the matches that got the highest viewership numbers on BBC's Wimbledon broadcast... I saw your retweet. Yes. Okay. ...are of Coco's matches. That's insane. And you say that her idol is Will Smith's son. That goes to show how young she actually is. Uh. Her favourite meme is... And I... Oop, do you know that? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, man, I feel so old now. <laughs> it's a good point you brought up also that these stars, I guess, have to be a household name from pretty young. I mean, and also have to back it up in the court or on the court or, or in the pitch or, or wherever. Like, for example, we, we all knew about Michelle Wee, you know, in the early 2000s and then sort of she had injuries and, and loss of form and it tapered off. And then, you know, now she's in her 30s already and, and she's struggling with injuries. But, you know, it's, it's very unfortunate, la, but, you know, let's hope all these up-and-coming young women athletes will stay healthy and happy and be able to manage all the public expectation that comes with winning. Yeah, that's right. And on that note, there's the final whistle bringing to a close a game of two halves. Thanks, Nicole and Kim. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, do subscribe to a game of two halves on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like it or give us a rating. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times and The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.